Hello, toppers. Before we start today's episode, I gotta be an open book and let you know that it's brought to you by the fine folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial if you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash turn of phrases. You know, they have over 180,000 titles to choose from, and a book a day can keep boredom away. So head on over there. You can download the books to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player. And with that, let's start today's show. Please listen carefully. Hello there, toppers, and welcome to episode three of the Turn of Phrases podcast. If you're coming back for more, I'm glad to have you back. And if this is your first time here, I'm glad you came by. What are we talking about today? Well, if you saw the last Twitter poll or heard last week's episode, then you already know that we have a nice, healthy, superstitious idiom to discuss today. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then today's phrase is, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. The meaning of this one is pretty self-explanatory. It's the belief that eating an apple every day will keep you healthy enough to stay out of the doctor's office. But can a simple piece of fruit put an industry out of business? How long has this saying been around? How strongly do people believe in this superstition? Come along with me as I take a bite out of this phrase to find out these answers and more. Apples have been around for a really long time. So has sickness. Therefore, one might surmise that our phrase of the day also gets its start from the long, long ago past. But that's not actually the case. The earliest recorded use is from the February 1866 issue of Notes and Queries. That version printed a Pembrokeshire proverb which states, quote, Eat an apple on going to bed, and you'll keep the doctor from earning his bread, end quote. Real quick here, I actually have a side note that I personally found interesting, so I wanted to share it with y'all. Notes and Queries is a quarterly scholarly journal that began in 1849. It was established in London to publish short articles related to, I love this, quote, English language and literature, lexicography, history, and scholarly antiquarianism, end quote. I made sure to say that slow so I would get it mostly right. (laughs) Anyway, the title of the magazine, Notes and Queries, the notes half referred to what was called, quote, miscellaneous findings of correspondence that they and the editors considered of interest to the readership, end quote, while the queries half was just that, questions and the answers to them. It has always been focused on facts rather than speculation, and it's still being published today, though it's now run by the Oxford University Press, and it's mainly a literature publication. Anyway, I just thought that was a cool bit of trivia, which happens to be another thing I love. Now I'll get back to our regularly scheduled phrase turning. Sometime around the late 19th century, the saying evolved into, quote, an apple a day, no doctor to pay, end quote. And by the early 20th century, people were saying, quote, an apple a day sends the doctor away, end quote. The phrase as we know it today, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, was first used in print in 1922. So unlike last week where our phrase had been in print for centuries, print-wise our fruity phrase is practically infantile. However, the idea behind the phrase that eating apples to stay healthy, that is nice and ancient. Ancient Romans and Anglo-Saxons, to be exact, they use apples for the health properties they had to offer. And if you look back around 1,500 years ago into Southern Asia, you'll find apples being used for their medicinal value as well. 
but there are tons of other fruits, and vegetables for that matter, that are extremely beneficial to a person's health, especially if consumed on a daily basis. I'm not even remotely close to being a doctor, but there have been many studies done. You can search online and it only takes a few moments to see that scientists like to study the effects that eating naturally growing foods have on a person. And it's definitely been shown time and time again that the vitamins and minerals and other goodies in fresh fruits and vegetables are far better for people than a processed pill version of the same thing. So why does the apple seem to get all the glory? Well. There are a couple likely reasons for why that's the case. See, long ago, people didn't always call apples, well, apples. In fact, in Old English, the word apple was the word used for any round fruit that grew on a tree. Another location where the apple was a placeholder of sorts? The Bible. In many versions of the Bible, the forbidden fruit from the Garden of Eden is called an apple, but in Old King James versions, it's simply called a fruit. In addition to the apple being a catch-all name, it's a hardy fruit. It's typically an easy-to-grow fruit, and it stores well, up to a year in most cases if stored properly. And not only does it stay edible for that long, but it can hold on to its nutritional benefits for about 200 days out of that year it's chilling out on the shelf. So while choosing to have a diet full of fruits and veggies might mean living a healthier life, between those two reasons, it's fairly easy to see why the good old apple gets props for keeping the doctor at bay. But wait. Is it actually even true? Does eating an apple a day actually keep the doctor away? Now again, let me strongly clarify that I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. But in my research for this episode, I did read over a few studies about the idea. What I took away from them is basically this. No single food item will ever cure anything. Not even eating just fruit and veggies will keep someone from ever getting sick. But most of the studies seem to find that the people eating fruit or more fruit than the counterparts of the studies eating less needed less medical intervention. So, while apples may not be able to keep the doctors away completely, perhaps daily consumption of them can help shorten healing times of certain illnesses. Again, I'm just relaying a summary of information I read off the internet, so please don't blame me if your next cold doesn't go away faster because you eat apples. So, here's the thing. That's kind of all I've got on today's phrase. When I pick the phrase of the week, I don't know ahead of time how much information I'll be able to find on it. That's part of researching, is finding out what there is to find out. And I know I still have this week's metaphorical moment to do, but I'm just not quite ready to do that yet, because then that means it'll be time to end the episode. Look, I'm sure it's painfully obvious, but I'm kind of making up this whole doing a podcast thing as I go, and while I was happy with the first two episodes, I want this one and the future ones to be a bit longer. And while I could technically just ramble for a while to achieve that, that's no fun for y'all. So this will be my first episode where I discuss two topics instead of one. I don't know how often I'll have to do this, hopefully not too often, but then again it may have to be every episode. I'll just play things by ear. Hey, there's a phrase to research for another day. I'm going to keep things food related for this episode. Actually, toppers, I'd like to know what you think. In the future, after hearing this episode, let me know on Twitter or via email if you'd like the single topic episodes, even if it means they might be shorter, or if you'd prefer a longer episode with multiple topics. Let me know and I shall do the bidding of the highest preference, for I do this show for y'all. Okay, that's enough of this. 
I need to move on before you shut this off out of boredom. So what is today's second surprise topic? Since it's a fruity episode, I decided to go for a classic superstition. A watermelon will grow in your stomach if you swallow a watermelon seed. I'd be willing to bet that just about everyone listening that has ever eaten watermelon has heard this warning from an adult. Why though? Where did this worry come from? And has it ever happened? Well, when it comes to the where, I'm sorry toppers, but I really can't tell you. This is one of those tall tales that seems to have no known origin. Now, there actually have been documented cases of people with plants growing in their lungs. I found two particular cases. One person had a tree growing and the other a pea plant. Green peas, uh, actually, from a pea that went down the wrong way while they were eating. Perhaps there have been more, but I definitely couldn't find any documented cases of watermelons growing in people. And like I said, in those two quite rare cases, the plants were growing in the lungs, not the stomach. I think we've established that I'm no doctor, so while I don't know how the lung plants manage to grow, it makes sense even to me why no seeds grow in our bellies. And that's the stomach acid. Its purpose is to break things down, and that makes for a harsh environment. So even if there was soil or sunlight to fulfill the seeds' needs in our stomach, that acid would still stop them from growing. But people haven't always known about stomach acid. So maybe old-timey people used to eat watermelon seeds and then didn't see them make a return trip out the exit door. So they assumed they were now being cultivated into nice little melon gardens in their bellies. Is this the why? Maybe, but I honestly don't think so. I think this superstition is less a superstition and more of a thing people just like to say to others in order to get a reaction. It's usually said to children by older children or by adults, and the child who just swallowed the seed may react in a funny way, leading to a good laugh had by all. Although some people may actually believe that a watermelon would grow in their stomach after they swallowed a seed, at least for a short time after hearing that from someone they trust, I don't think most people really fall for this one long term. So I think it's safe for me to say that this superstition really fits more into the practical joke category. But that doesn't mean I don't joke about it every time I accidentally swallow a watermelon seed. And let's be honest, the face a young child makes as they try to process how a watermelon could fit in their stomach, it's adorable. And watching them try to figure out how it would work is one of life's simple pleasures. Now it's time for the weekly metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's just a metaphor. The metaphor of the week is apple of my eye, to keep with the originally unplanned fruit theme of this week. The literal translation of this metaphor is the central aperture of the eye, but the metaphorical meaning is the most cherished person or thing. This is an old one for sure, dating back in print to at least the year 885, where it appeared in Gregory's Pastoral Care, a work by King Alfred the Great from Wessex. In A Midsummer Night's Dream, Shakespeare wrote, quote, Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid's archery, sink in apple of his eye, end quote. It was used many times in the Bible as well. Here are just a couple of examples from the King James Version. In Deuteronomy 32.10, it says, He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. And in Zechariah 2.8, it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Those are some of the early uses that show how old the phrase is, 
but the use that helped it become more popular was when the Scottish writer Sir Walter Scott included it in the novel Ode Mortality in 1816. He stated, quote, Poor Richard was to me as an eldest son, the apple of my eye, end quote. Okay, but why did the phrase even get started in the first place? Well, back when it was coming into use, folks thought that the pupil was a solid round object, and apples were a common solid round object. So that harkens back to the literal definition of the apple of my eye. The pupil is also one of the most sensitive parts of the body. So it makes sense that the figurative version of the phrase would reference everything outside the pupil being less important. Don't believe me? Get a hair on your pupil, especially if you're wearing contacts. You'll forget about everything else. So the apple of your eye tends to be the most important thing. I'll admit it takes a little bit of dancing around the language to get there, but it works for me. I hope it works for you, toppers. Alrighty then, I think that is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you found all the delicious information digestible and will come back next week hungry for more. And yes, I do write all my own jokes. And yes, they're all pretty much that bad. Don't forget to go to at Turn of Phrases on Twitter to participate in this week's poll or just to follow me and stay connected. This week's poll question is, can you really hang on by just a thread? You can also check out my website at www.turnofphrases.com, like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash turnofphrases, or email me at brisky at turnofphrases.com with any questions or comments. Don't forget, you can suggest topic ideas through the website or via email. That's actually where next week's topic came from, a topper suggestion online. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing or leaving a review, and please tell someone who you think would enjoy the show to help spread the word. Thank you for listening to Turn of Phrases podcast hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, eat those apples and spit out those watermelon seeds.